Everybody wants to be happy. Happy is a good thing, but it's not the same thing as joy. This past week, my mother has been spending time with us. My mother's 89 now. She's just about stopped going to church lately because health and the pain of getting around just won't allow her to do that. As I looked at her and talked with her these few days while my sister was out of town, it's, I'm reminded of how near she is to her time on this earth. Now, I don't know how long that is. She may be here longer than I am. I'm very clear about that. And trust me, her hair is red before it's now gray. She'll be here as long as there's life or breath within her. But life moves so quickly. It moves so rapidly. And one of the things I've watched in her through the years is her willingness to be obedient to God in the times when it was comfortable and the times when it was uncomfortable. I've watched her go to church when the one who was speaking did not gain her admiration and trust, but he did still have her attendance and her attention. I've watched her support her congregation in the days when the congregation was shining and the day when the congregation was struggling. I have long known that her faith in Christ was so important to her as it was to my father. And I know that she's not afraid, as she said the other day, somebody asked her, she'd gotten real sick and she got real weak. And you know, it's funny how when people get older and they get sick and weak, people think all kinds of silly thoughts. Uh, and so somebody asked her, I remember the family, because she got disturbed because her blood pressure went crazy and everything, and she kind of was blacking out. And they said, well, were you afraid? And boy, those eyes sparkled when she looked at She said, well, no, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to die. As if, why would you ask me such a silly question? <laughs> why do we ask such a silly question? Followers of Christ who've been following Jesus their, most of their lives have no reason to be afraid. They have no reason to fear when the moment of death might be coming because they've known that for a long time. They do not live in fear. And that's the challenge for you young disciples. You're going to be in a, in a world that is so terrified about earthly things. They see most everything in their lives with an earthly perspective. I'm hoping and believing for you that you will not follow their ways but rather you will decide to view your life here on earth, both the good and the bad, from a non-earthly perspective, from the heavenly perspective, knowing that you will never die. You've heard me say it a lot now. Get over this dying thing. We're just not going to die. Get over it. Somebody said, well, preacher, I've been to a lot of funerals. Those are celebrations. They're graduation times. Nobody died if they were a follower of Christ. They just got tired of the body they were in. And they get rid of that body and they get another one that will never die again. You said, does that mean I'm not going to ever be sad at a funeral? Of course not. We're going to be sad at funerals because we feel sorry for ourselves. <laughs> Don't we? We're going to miss them. And that's okay. But never fear. If you're walking in faith, you'll see them again if they are a follower of Christ. Because they did not die. They moved they changed their addresses. They moved higher than upstairs. They went all the way. Now, 
Here's the important thing, though. You've got to get from where you are today, safely secured, safely confessed your sins, safely baptized, declared your faith. You need to have a rock to remind you you're a disciple. You got it all, right? Yeah, I know this year we didn't raise our rocks, did we? I think I probably forgot that. Oh, well. I'm not perfect. I know that's a shock for you. Get over that, too. You can raise your rock when we stand and sing the closing song if you'd like to. And, you know, it'll be all right. It's a good thing. Disciples have a lot to be thankful for, especially as long as they remember to who they're connected. Now, if you choose to quit reading your Bible, if you choose to quit praying in meaningful ways, if you choose to quit coming to church on your own and, and your parents are having to force you to go all the time because you're older now, Sooner or later, you're going to wear them down. You don't won't have to come to church anymore. In fact, I'll just tell you right now, as I told you in confirmation class, you don't have to come now. But if you don't want to come now, then getting wet is not going to help you. If you don't want to be a part of the body of Jesus Christ, professing your faith in front of all these people and hearing them pray for you is not going to help you. You have to decide that you want to come to church. You have to decide that you want to read your Bible. You have to decide that you want to do the right thing that Jesus would do over and over again the rest of your life. And you know what it does to you when you've been doing that a long time? Let me see, who do I want to pick on this morning? Who's feeling really old? Man, you know, not a soul in here. You've got some people in here that aren't telling the truth, you know. But even though they've gotten older, they still have to make all those same decisions right now after years and years and years of being a follower of Christ. It never goes away. You choose every day to follow Jesus or not to follow Jesus. Staying connected with Jesus is where the fun is. There's no fun in being a dried-up, church-sitting, law-abiding Christian who doesn't stay connected to the vine because it's through the vine that the fun comes. It's through the vine that life comes. It's through the vine, that vine being Jesus Christ, where your life takes on a whole new meaning. If you're going to become one of those Christians who comes to church, you know, when it's convenient and does most of the things right, because after all, some of those things you'd get put in jail if you didn't do right. If you want to be that kind of Christian and call yourself Christian, you can do that. But don't be bothering to look for much joy. You'll become one of those Christians who come to church and never fills out a volunteer slip. I'm warning you really early about those. They'll be coming in the fall. One of those kind of Christians who never volunteers to teach. One of those kind of Christians who never reads their Bible at home. One of those kind of fathers who never tells you about their faith. One of those kind of mothers who only answers the questions you ask them. That's what you'll become. Unless you stay connected to the vine. Parents and grandparents... If you think their education in the faith of Jesus Christ is over, you need to enroll in Doug's class. You, says, you say, when does it meet? Well, there's only 11 compromise, so you have a private class coming. If you don't understand that you are still integral in the part of raising your youth into a mature adult who's still following Christ. You can't count on the youth group to teach them everything. You can't count on the preacher's excellent sermons to make them aware of everything they need to do. You can't count on the church to do it all. You've got to get involved. 
And you might say, well, I, I don't really know much. I haven't been involved too much yet. Well, tomorrow is coming, and it can be a new day. You are central to your youth growing up to be an adult. This congregation will never stop supporting these youth as long as they're here. They will not because we will not allow it. We will not have it. God will not have it, and we will not have it either. They're going to continue to come to worship and be overwhelmed by the presence of God in this house, in this place, every time they come. You need to give a witness to them about how that is real in your own life. You need to be the first one ready to go to church. You need to be the first one who's joyfully lifting your hands in God's presence and praising God. You need to be the one who comes here and has a smile on your face. You need to be the one who never says, oh, i got to go to another church meeting. <laughs> really? Really? You need the one who says, man, I can't wait to go to that next meeting. It won't hurt you to lie a little in some cases. <laughs> but on the day you really don't want to go, here's what you do. You look at your kids and say, I really don't want to go to church. But you know what? It's not about what I want to do. It's about what I need to do and what my Lord needs me to do. And you need to know these kids know that. You need to know that they need to know that you do what Lord, the Lord calls you to do, whether it's easy or whether it's difficult. You know what? That also applies to... Has it ever stopped me? <laughs> Not really, has it? Alon, poor Alon. He's here on this Sunday, and his wife has to go home and decide where God is calling them to go, should we call and ask him to come here. And, you know, Matt had to do that when he was here, and he's still doing it at home, waiting for our decision. There's another young man who's coming in 10 days or so, and he's going to do the same thing. It's hard. Now, I can't tell any of those three young people where the Lord is calling them. I can just tell them where the best church is. <laughs> I do spread it on a little thick. But we don't want anybody we think we want to come here to come here unless the Lord speaks to them and tells them to come. So whoever we discern is that person, that's who we're going to talk to. And if they say, you know, I just... The Lord has told me to stay where I am. Well, then don't you come back here. Because that won't turn out well for any of us. You know, it's the same thing for you. That's the only thing that keeps me from twisting your arms more when there's something that needs to be done in the church. Because I don't want you volunteering for a committee because you feel guilty. Because I don't need those kind of volunteers. I don't even want you putting money in the offering plates because you feel guilty. Sorry, Brian. Brian's our church treasurer, if you don't know that. He never, no, treasurers never live. It wants the preacher to say, keep your money if you don't want to give it. But I say it over and over again and have been saying it for years. If you think that money is more important to you than supporting the Lord's word, just keep your money. We'll do without it. We don't have to have your money. Do you need to give? Absolutely. You need to give. But if you don't recognize that, because you've been coming to church and you're a follower of Christ, there's not much I can do to help you anyway. If you don't want to be part of the team, you can sit just outside the bench and sit in the stands and watch Christianity be lived out. But that is no fun. People come to me and say, Preacher, I just don't like this being a Christian. You know what I ask them? I always ask them, what are you doing in the church? It's 
not fun. I said, well, I'm coming to worship. Well, worship's no fun. And I said, no. I said, okay. Who's your preacher? So I can write their names down just in case, you know. No, I don't say that. I say, well, are you listening to what's going on in the church? Are you singing the hymns? Preacher, nobody wants to hear me sing. Yes, God wants to hear you sing. I know some of you make God cover his ears, perhaps, with the musical notes and lack of the ability there, but God still wants you to sing. God wants you to pray. God wants you to worship. God wants you to turn yourself loose in his presence so that God can fill you with joy. But it won't happen unless you let God in. It won't happen unless you think the thoughts of God. If you think the thoughts of God and share with God and the work going on in this world, you can't help but be joyful. You can't come here today, look at these youth and say, oh, another Sunday. If you do that, then brother, you need to come to my office. I've got an appointment book. You need to be on it. Sister, you need to get there because I need to talk to you because you're missing something. If you're not having fun when you see 11 young lives turn toward Christ, you don't get it. And I would love to help you get it. You said, preacher, you ain't got that many appointments. Yeah, I believe I do because I believe most of you are here to enjoy and have fun. But you may be sitting on the fringes today. You might be thinking, am I going to have a chance to join this church? And you are in just a few minutes. But you youth, well, I like to say it's as easy as falling off a log as becoming a Christian thing. God made it so easy. God did all the work. All we have to do is accept it, receive it, and say, I believe. It's so easy. The part from here on gets harder. More temptation is going to come your way. You're going to be tempted to say no to Christ and yes to the world very soon. Very soon it's going to happen to you. So I, my question for you is, what are you going to say? What are you going to say when temptation knocks on your door? Are you going to say, I'm a follower of Christ? Or are you going to say, oh, well, shucks. Jesus will forgive me anyway. I might as well. He understands I'm young. I need to have a little fun. That's the message the devil will be whispering in your ear. You'll be tempted. And someday, you'll look up and you'll realize that even when you were trying really hard, you failed again. Here's the good news. When that day comes, Christ will be sitting right next to the Father. Christ will be sitting there, and he'll be saying, you're forgiven, and you're loved too. You can stay with me and J.D. Leaf if you want to. <laughs> Not really. I don't think he can make it by himself. I don't think y'all can make it by yourself either. You're smart. You're quiet and con contemplative. You're even quieter. You're happy. You're always smiling. Thank God for you. Small packages. Big hearts. Yeah, you too. You're not so small. You're tall. You're kind of in the middle, aren't you? You're tall, too. You're kind of heavy in the water, too. You are a mess. 
But you are a good man. And God is going to do something with you because you don't back down if only you listen. But you all got to listen. Every one of you. It's not over. It's not the ninth inning. It's really not even the first inning. That's already started a long time ago. But now we're through playing practice games. Now it's on you. It's not on your parents anymore. It's on you. If you get in trouble, you know my phone number. You call me. If you have a big decision you're afraid you're about to mess up, you call me. You call your youth pastor. You call your associate pastor. I know you won't probably do it, but you could also call your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa before you make that bad decision. You can do it. You may not. You probably won't. And we'll forgive you even when you mess up, but we're going to tell you not to do it again, just like Jesus did when he walked this earth. And we're going to help you be strong. Right? Right? I need a little more affirmation from a couple of you, right? All right. All right. All right. That's what I'm looking for.